Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to the Debunking Economics Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby with Professor Steve Keen again, of course, and today we ask. Should short-selling be banned? Well, maybe not. Listen to find out why. A big chunk of the uh, trades that happen in shares, or in many things really, are sold short. In other words, the trader takes the punt that the price is going to go down. In effect, you sell something that you don't own yet, like shares in a company, and you sell it to some mug who buys it off you at today's price. Then when the price has gone down, you buy it at the lower price and deliver on your promise. It's a bit like telling your mum that you've bought her an air ticket, telling her how much it costs, getting the money off her, then buying a cheaper ticket for the same flight and pocketing the difference. But does that make you a good person? Well, possibly not. So is short selling a bad thing or just another neat way of making money? Well, Professor Steve Keen is with me. Uh, Some would say, look, if you're smart enough to read the tea leaves and know a price is going down, then that's fine. Why is it any different to investing, expecting a price to go up? Well, it's in both cases. What we've got is leverage speculation on the stock market. And uh, this is by far the largest volume of money that's on the trade stock market is not actual people's money. It's money they've borrowed to gamble and speculate. For example, I know that uh, uh, one of the the major forms of of, uh, share trading these days is what they they call high frequency trading and some of the high frequency traders are geared five to one so not only are they uh, buying and selling trying to ride or the you know, seconds ahead of the, the microseconds ahead of movements in the actual market they're doing it with with levered money right. and this is the real danger it's the amount of leverage there whether it's leverage up or leverage down but what the what the short sellers there's of course the story of ripping off your mum like that is, is a good one to start because people <laughs> normally talk about evil short sellers uh when what actually happens is, is when somebody has well, Worked out that there is a you know the, some argument that they think is sound that the prices are going to collapse for a, a share which everybody else think is going to rise and they then borrow shares they haven't got so this is the real real thing with short selling is you're selling stuff you haven't got as you as you say you haven't actually bought the things yet and your your idea is to is to uh, borrow the shares from somebody else at a current price so you're paying a rental price let's say you're even paying ten percent of the face price of the share over over a year. Uh, you buy it for the for the uh, for the for ten percent of that price. Typically, it's a servicing cost. You hope to get rid of it within the year, and if it goes down by fifty percent, you make a gain on money you haven't actually laid out yet. And uh, then, when that actually happens and goes correct, of course, the short sellers are the ones who cop the stick from the media. But uh, their attitude is, well, we're actually the garbage collectors. We're out there saying uh, what stinks behind the roses, mm. and if we're right, we clean out the crap in the market. And of course, short selling made a short sellers made a fortune uh, during the uh, the bust of the uh, the dot com bubble, and also during the bust of the subprime bubble. Well, if we paid attention to them, maybe we'd stop some of those. You know, maybe people would get alert to 
some of the intrinsic problems. So maybe they, I mean, maybe they are serving a useful purpose. I mean, they, uh, for example, they're stopping people manipulating the market upwards. I mean, that they, they are perhaps a, a useful counter to that. Well, in fact, they're, they're, when, when they're doing their buying, they're in fact adding to part of the buying pressure as well. So the market is is a, is a very, I mean, I, I have not traded actively in the stock market. I, I could have got into that game, but I've seen it swallow people completely. Mm. And my stuff is more about analyzing the direction of the market. So <clears throat> what's driving the economy rather than trying to make profit out of the whole idea. But um, the um, amount of, of, of leverage that ends up in that system and the amount of volatility it creates, and of course, the, the, the reality, when you're talking about short selling, you're talking about something which, according to eventual economic theory, does not exist. Yeah. You look at it and say, well, this, this, the, you know, you're imagining that leverage and, uh, and, and short selling and people going long as well, of course, all these things don't exist. You're imagining there aren't battles between bulls and bears. In fact, that's what dominates the markets. And things like short squeezes, of course, are another part of what we don't, we don't hear about. But if you believe that, that shorts are um, exposed to a large loss, I, frankly, I don't know the mechanism all that well because I don't follow it carefully, but, uh, People who actually think the market is going to go long can actually then manipulate the market to make it go higher and force the short sellers to cover their positions, which meaning they're losing money overall. So these battles are really what's going on in the stock market. It's not at all the polite place of economic theory. It's it's, it's, it's a war zone. Yeah, it, it certainly is that. Um, but I'm I'm just wondering. So should we get rid of it? Should it? I mean, I, I take your point that whether uh, you're you're punting on shares going up or down, if you're doing it on uh, on leverage money, that's not particularly. Bad beneficial to society or to the to the necessarily for the companies that you're investing in either and we'll we'll park that idea because we're going to talk about that uh, in the next podcast but is 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 i'm just trying to get to the, the roots of whether short selling is a good thing or a bad thing because on the one side it sounds wrong because of that idea i gave you know about uh, selling uh, the wrong price dare ticket to your mother but on the uh, on the other side i wonder whether it actually helps stocks because if i sell short I need to buy those stocks at, at a lower price. If, if enough people do that, um, then you start to push the price back up again. So I'm wondering whether it also has a, a has a bit of a balancing effect on the uh, on the share market. Well, I mean, the, the the real argument, and I think if you, I'd really recommend people watching shows like uh, Margin Call and The Big Short and so yeah. on to see what actually goes on behind this stuff, because the short sellers are, are frequently people who think, well, there's a delusion. Uh, loosen the market. There's diluted attitudes about how far these shares are going to go. Everybody thinks they're going to continue rising. Uh, and you also have a lot of short sellers go inside and, and look at the actual books of these firms and uh, go and, and knock on the on the shop fronts and see what's actually happening. There's a marvellous scene in which in, in the uh, the big short, which is a, a genuine uh, historical uh, yeah. act. And there was a, a conference of, of uh, people in subprime uh, markets in I think I think it was in uh, in, the, in Las Vegas. Where else would you hold such a thing? And the, one of the lead characters, uh, rather dysfunctional personalities in the sh big short, uh, is there interrogating some particular broker who's selling shares hand uh, selling uh, uh, mortgages hand over fist to what they called ninjas, no income, no job, no assets uh, borrowers, making an absolute fortune. He's picked up in a giant limo uh, after the whole conversation and then the actual movie. And uh, the, the guy who just doesn't believe this stuff is actually happening uh, walks away from the conversation and says to his colleagues at another table, I'll short everything that guy's involved in. Find out. 
In other words, there's, there's such a level of delusion and bullshit behind this guy that he says, I'm going to back him to crash. And, of course, he did crash uh, grand scale and the short sellers made money out of the crash. Then they get criticised. But, of course, what they've done is they've gone inside and investigated and said this stuff is garbage. Yeah, yeah. And they were right. So they've done the hard work. So, I mean, it's in, in some ways it's harder. I mean, it's it's harder to make money, I'd imagine, out of oh, selling short than it is out of pushing stocks to speculate upwards. It's very dangerous. This is, this is the problem about it because you can be right and wrong by one day in timing you get wiped out there was a guy called sykes i've forgotten his actual proper name now but he was uh, a uh, industrialist who got involved with the australian labor party and established a whole range of petrol stations to try to reduce the cost of petrol for workers this is a joint venture with the australian council of trade unions and he was convinced that the i think the oil price he thought was far too high so he was shorting the oil price and expecting it to fall and of course if it did fall he would have made a large amount of money it did fall but after he'd gone bankrupt now this is the great mm. trouble when you when you're short sale you're exposed to if the market continues going in the insane direction for long enough your timing your capability to cover that short just doesn't exist so at some stage you're actually promised to sell shares you haven't got uh, the time of that of that sale approaches you haven't got the shares you've got to buy them you're forced to go and buy them on the market that's actually now worked out remember what a short squeeze actually is so in this situation you're you're forced to buy and of course in that position if people realize that you're a major factor in the market and you're a short trader then they will themselves go in and buy into the market as well to force the price to go even higher which is what they call a short squeeze and that can bankrupt you no. so it's not for the faint-hearted no it's not and also it's you know it's uh it's it's hard work as you as you've said you've actually mm. got to you've got to do mm. the research if you've got a stock that's twenty dollars and uh, you're selling it short, the most you can gain is $20. You're not going to make that because obviously that means that it's collapsed to zero. But if you if if you had a $20 stock that's on the rise, then the gains are limitless. So, well, uh, so you, yeah. know, um, uh, um, you know, in, in theory. So it's not the most lucrative approach. Surely you'd, if you are wanting to gain the stock market, you'd be looking and saying, well, okay, let's look at stocks that are on the rise rather than stocks that are on the, on the decline. So I'm just wondering whether short selling is the... Uh, is the root of evil that many people paint it to be. I, I don't believe it is. And the reason that it isn't is is that pe- when you look at why people say it's evil, they think, well, shocks, stocks should rise in price over time. There should be an increase in prices. And you guys are causing it to go down, so we hate you. Uh, but the reality, when you take a look at it, well, what is the justification for share prices rising? Now, there are ju- justifications that don't exist in the case of housing. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, in, in relation to the Jubilee shares probably in, a, in that other blog and the other podcast. In our next podcast, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, but the, the the expectation that they should rise is why people criticise short sellers because of course short sellers only profit if it goes in the opposite direction. So in that sense, they're the outcasts, uh, and that's one major reason why they get the level of opprobrium they do. But the level of danger they're taking on to actually be short sellers is astronomical, and nobody ever cries for a short seller when they get killed in a short squeeze. People only cry about a short seller and they make an absolute fortune when the delusion that they've identified actually turns out to be correct that it is a delusion, and their timing is also correct, and they make an absolute killing as they did back with the subprime. Yeah, so they're doing some good, and yet there's been lots of instances when short selling has been banned. I mean, apparently, Napoleon considered it unpatriotic and treasonous mm. and if you sold short in those days you'd end up in jail or worse and in malaysia even in the 1990s you could face the cane for selling short so we don't like short sellers we, we seem to think that they're doing no good at all yeah and they're, they're basically the outlaws 
And it's, it's his outlaw treatment of them, which reflects the fact that there is an inside school as well, and the inside said these prices should always rise. Now, that's what gives rise to bubbles. And, and the, with, with, if you had the bubbles without the short sellers, then uh, maybe the decline from the bubble would be less extreme. And that's why people get so angry, because the majority of people have got themselves locked into expecting share prices to rise. When there's a, it's not just an individual share that goes down, but a systemic decline, and something like the size of the subprime market is big enough to cause a systemic decline, even if it were um, relatively isolated from the rest of the economy. It's such a big part of the market that it caused, caused the whole market to go even so. And then, of course, there are flow-on effects, so it affects the entire economy. Uh, this, this steepness of the decline is, is more extreme given the existence of short sellers. And then, of course, they're the ones who are, who are, are joyful where everybody else is crying, and that's when the, that's when the mob turns ugly. Mm, yeah, and yet they might have – I mean, it, of course, we, st- we talk about banning uh, short-selling from time to time, normally when, uh, when they, we fear that people are talking the market down. But, I mean, that in itself means that probably those short-sellers are stopping those bubble – not stopping bubbles from happening – but perhaps they're stopping them being quite as extreme. You know, maybe, maybe they would be bigger than they are. Not not only will the slide off it be more gradual, but maybe the size of it might be uh, larger without uh, without short sellers. We're trying to maintain a level of overvaluation. This is this this is the whole problem. I, I actually think the root problem is not that there's short selling, or even that there's um, people taking long positions. Is we're doing it with levered money into the stock market, and that means you're you know nobody lets you go into a casino with a credit card. One thing we've managed to prevent socially is people using the credit card to go gamble mm. if you want to go and gamble in a casino that's <laughs> fine but you've got to take your own money you, okay now that that is a very sensible attitude to have what is what is actually a den of gambling and frankly that's the same thing overall the stock market actually is it's not somewhere that actually generates money for f- firms the, the amount of actual capital raising that goes on the stock market is absolutely trivial 99% of the volume is people gambling about the direction of the prices of existing shares and this is again one reason why I want to redefine shares as we will talk in the next blog post but in that world the danger is not so much that there's short sellers the danger is that we're doing whatever we do is short selling or, or, or taking long positions with levered money, which therefore exaggerates the ups and downs of the stock market. I just had a great idea, actually, just talking about that, seeing people going into a casino ready to lose money. Uh, wouldn't it be great to actually be gambling on how much money each person was going to lose? That's almost like a sort of a form of, of short selling. We're gambling on the gamblers. Well, that's exactly what does happen. And this is the other thing. We talk, we talk about the positions people take with uh, uh, contracts for difference and stuff of this nature, where you're gambling on the direction of other trades and other shares so you're levering on more and more elements of gambling on top of it again the big short does a wonderful job of portraying this i've forgotten the actual actress they use for it you know they've got what's the name that uh, gorgeous australian actress who plays in um scarecrow whatever she's called um i can't think of her name she she turns up one stage in a bubble bath and then tells you to fuck off after after she explains a particular aspect of it yeah yeah they've got another one where where they they're watching people betting positions on a roulette wheel and then people are betting whether the better on the roulette wheel is going to actually get the black or the red or not and what turns up being like a hundred dollar bet for the uh, person on the roulette wheel becomes a ten thousand dollar bet and a million dollar bet uh, cascading off the system. And this is the real danger. Uh, one person I know who learned a lot about the reality of how much gambling actually goes on in stock markets rather than what they're portrayed as being, which is ways to you know, ra- raise investment capital for, for genuine corporations, was John Kay, a very um, 
classical uh, mainstream economist over here in, in England, in the UK. And uh, John finally realised that, that finance was a force for evil, effectively, rather than a force for good, when there was a uh, a, a um, petrol, um, what do you call those things, the oil rig that collapsed in the... In the um, in the North Sea, I think it it cost something of the order of seven hundred uh, million, and the losses that came out of it were closer to ten billion, courtesy of all the leverage that had been built up with people taking gambling positions on on these assets. So he realised that rather than being a, a stabilising force, which is the way the mainstream portrays finance, and and rather than being efficient, it actually was massively amplifying the level of losses that finally occurred. Right. So, in conclusion, I mean, we know, and we'll talk about it next time, that uh, the, the share market is a bit of a Ponzi scheme. It's it's driven off uh, off leverage debt. But so long as we've got it, uh, talk about trying to ban short sellers is probably a bad idea because, um, in a way, they may be a, a useful check and balance. They're the garbage collectors. They're the ones that actually say that what you think is a rose is actually a, a, a stinking heap of, of, of uh, cattle dung, which is about to explode on you. Right. So they, they, and if they didn't have the, again, this is the part of their, their own rationale as well, if there weren't huge profits to be made out of it, then they wouldn't be doing the work in the first place and we'd end up being even more deluded. We'd end up paying, a, uh, you know, rather than paying... Uh, uh, a house and a cart for a tulip, a single tulip. We'd be paying, we'd be paying all of Amsterdam for a single tulip. So they do have a point in which they say they do limit the extent to which they get extreme overvaluations in the market. But the market still has them and it's still overlevered. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, but they are garbage collectors, but we need more of them. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, look, we will talk, as you've mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, the idea of Jubilee shares next time. Is the, uh, you know, how do we stop this Ponzi scheme that is the, the share market? How do we uh, try and relate it back to the values of the companies that are investing in? We'll do that next time. Thanks, Steve. Okay. And that is the Debunking Economics Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. That was Steve Keane. Catch you next time. 